Thank you for listening to this message from Faith Builders. Pastors Philip and Michelle Still are dedicated to building your faith and framing your world by the Word of God. There are many more resources available on our website, www.buildfaith.net, where you can find links to our audio and video archives. We also invite you to join us online for our live stream services. Remember to build your faith and frame your world by the Word of God. Go with me in your Bible today to Romans chapter 10. And, uh, of course, we're beginning this morning our six days of faith. Amen. And, uh, you know, for years, for well over, well over 20 years, uh, every September, we would have our faith explosion. And uh, as I was praying, my wife and I were praying uh, here not too long ago, uh, the Lord began to talk to us about uh, a time where we came together and we just focused on faith. And, uh, of course, it's faith builders. And uh, the Lord began to talk to us about doing it for six days, six days of faith. So, obviously, we did it last year, and uh, we're going to do it this year as well, and as long as the Lord would have us. But we want to look at some things about faith basics, faith basics to, to kick these six days off. And, and every service is just going to build on the next service. Every, every service is just going to uh, higher and higher. But there are three. There are three basics. And, and uh, number one, faith comes by hearing. I'm going to give you these, and then we'll, we'll look at them. Faith comes by hearing, all right? Uh, some translations say faith comes by the message that was heard. But either way, faith cometh, faith comes in the King James Bible, actually, the word cometh is in italics, and it actually says, so then faith by hearing. So he's telling us that faith is by hearing, all right? Faith is by hearing. Number two, faith goes by saying. Faith comes by hearing. Faith goes by saying. I have to say, there's a release valve to my faith, and it's my mouth. I have to, to say. And then number three, faith grows by use. Faith grows by use. Faith comes by hearing. Faith goes by saying. And faith grows by use. Now, of course, Romans chapter 10, and we'll read verse 17. Very familiar verse, but I want to establish the principle. So then, faith comes by hearing. Faith by hearing. And hearing, in other words, what brings faith is hearing the Word of God. All right? Faith comes by hearing, and we could say, and hearing the Word of God. So that's how faith arrives. That's how faith is born. That's how faith shows up. Ever what it is, if it was faith for salvation, somebody shared the Word about salvation with you. They may not have taken you down the Roman road they may not have taken you to all the verses that prove what a horrible sinner you were, but they at least shared with you that God loved you and that you needed to be saved. Amen. And what happened? Faith showed up. Well, what faith showed up first? Faith that you needed a Savior. The first faith that came into your heart was faith that you were lost. Because if you don't have faith that you're lost, you'll never have faith to be saved. I got to know I'm lost in order to be saved. Amen. Or at least that I need him. So that's what that people call it conviction, the convicting power of the Holy Ghost. What came was faith that I'm a sinner. All right? And that God would save me. So ever what it was, if God's ever healed you, at some point faith came. And it came by hearing what the Word of God has to say. And so faith comes by hearing. Now, over in Mark chapter 11, remember, faith comes by hearing. And let's look at one verse here, verse 22. Jesus said 
to the disciples, Jesus answering, said unto them, Have faith in God, or have the faith of God, or the God kind of faith. The Young's literal translation says, Have faith of God. The Bible in basic English says, Have God's faith. All right, have God's faith. So the faith that comes from hearing God's word is God's faith. The faith that comes from hearing God's word is God's faith. Makes sense, it's God's word, so the faith that would come from it is God's faith. Now that's important for you to under, for us to understand because the faith that I operate, the faith that I can release, the faith that I can use in my life is God's faith. It's, it's God's faith. Now, in Romans chapter 12, Romans chapter 12 and verse 3, the verse, first two verses deal with renewing the mind being transformed by renewing your mind. And then he said in verse 3, For I say through the grace given unto me, the ability, the opportunity, the door to speak into your life is what grace is dealing with. And he said, here's what I want to say to you. For every person among you not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly. Why? Because God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. All right? Now, now notice, God's faith comes by hearing God's word and God deals. Is that what it says? He has dealt to every man the measure of faith. That word dealt means to separate, to divide, or to distribute. Now, I know faith grows. I know faith grows exceedingly. I know that there's little faith, no faith, great faith. There's weak faith, strong faith. All right, I understand that. But I'm telling you, at the inception phase, notice this. He said, God was the dealer of the faith that you received. God separated it. God distributed it. God placed it there. Now, you can deal with this and call this a measure of saving faith. All right? Charles Capp said the measure of faith that God gave to every man was the Word. Everybody got the same measure, the Word of God. I have no problem with that. You can believe that. That's fine. But the, the essence is, is that you should not think more highly of yourself because God has given every man the measure of faith. Amen. That's, that's what he's saying. Now notice, the measure of faith that was dealt to every man is God's faith. So I have to remember that the faith that I possess is God's faith. I possess it. I have it. I have a right to it but it is God's faith. Now, there, there, we'll get into the reason you have to make that connection. How does that affect, then, the way you view the faith that you possess if it's God's faith? For, for instance, if this is just the Bible... It's not as powerful as you saying, it's God's Word. And it's not as powerful as you saying, it's truth. Absolutely. Right? Why? Because then you tie what God said to what and who God is and what God's capable of doing and not capable of doing. Titus 1-2, God who in hope of eternal life promised who cannot lie. How does that make you view God's Word when you understand God cannot lie? Not won't, not doesn't, cannot. 
is in, it's, 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 he's incapable of lying. How, how does that change what you think about God's word when you understand that every word of God is true? And it doesn't become truth. It was truth when he spoke it. Anything connected to God has God's attributes. Right? Now, now here's the thing. I, I, I want you to say, I want you to understand this. Can God fail? What's that? No. He, he cannot, right? Now, religion will say God can, but God can't. Try that out. See, when we get quiet, we got to talk. Tell your neighbor, God can't fail. God can't fail. Now, this, this bears the teaching point then. If God can't fail, anything that's of God can't fail. I don't have time to get into this, but that's why in reality, if you believe it, you can't fail. Well, why? Because 1 Corinthians 1.30, of him, God, are you. Preposition of, denoting the, 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 the substance that something came from. I am of God. John said it this way, but you are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. So John says, if you're of God, you're an overcomer. Because of who you're of. Is that right? Hallelujah. Whose faith do we have? We have God's faith. Where did it come from? God's word. Who gave it to me? God. Amen. So anything tied to God, anything associated with God, anything that has God's attributes in it cannot fail. Amen. See, that's how, Right? The faith that I possess came by hearing God's word, dealt to me by God himself. It's God's faith. Hallelujah. 1 John 5, notice this. <clears throat> oh, hallelujah. Woo! Verse on 5 and 4. For whatsoever or whosoever is born, here it is, of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Mm. One translation says, this is the victory that causes you to come off victorious over the world. So the faith that God has given us is the victory. It means it's the source of victory, the method of victory that overcomes the world. Now, do you see that? Now, there are people that will make this statement. They'll say, uh, well, that person had a faith failure. Or this individual had a faith failure. The question becomes then, can God fail? Is there anything that comes from God that can fail? If it's God's faith that comes from God's word, and it was dealt to me personally by God, can it fail? Hallelujah. I, uh, I, I dealt with this some in, in the book, Every Day is a Faith Day, chapter 5. God's faith won't fail. And, and, and I did a whole series on, on this about when, when, when you see somebody and they say they had a faith failure or they say I stood in faith and it didn't work or whatever, there's something behind the scenes that you're not seeing. It's so important, all right? Glory to God. The failure is not on the part of faith. 
but rather it was properly applied or not. Hallelujah. Rather it was properly applied or not. Was there user error? Amen. There are laws that govern the usage of faith. Laws that govern it. See, and I don't have time to, to, to digress, but when you start talking about this is not for us and that's not for us, then what is for us? What is safe from I don't have to do that? When there are laws that govern the usage of faith. And one of the primary laws came from Jesus, and the words were read. You follow me? Let's go back over to Mark 11. Laws that govern the use of faith. You know, I'm glad the Lord helped me see a long time ago. Find out who your fathers listen to and just stay with that. You know, I know there are people that disagree with that. Well, you know, I think your interests need to be varied. Okay. But you're not in their kitchen. I, I prefer to listen to people I know have a clean kitchen. And if it's good enough for my spiritual father, it's good enough for me. And that's just the plain truth of it is. It's pride to think any other way. It's, it, it, it just is. If, if you look at somebody who's been married 55 years, and you sit down and you ask them, you know, give me some secrets to marriage. And they sit down, they give you a few things, and you go, well, you know, okay, I, I, that's pretty good. But, you know, I mean, I want to keep my interest varied. So I'm going to listen to this person over here that, you know, they've only been married six months. So I'm going to listen to this person. Yeah, I know they've been divorced about two or three times, but you better stay with the 55-year people. Amen. <laughs> Mark 11, verse 22, and Jesus answering, we read this, have the faith of God. Notice, for truly I say to you, that whosoever will say to this mountain, be removed, be cast into the sea, and not doubt in his heart, but believe those things that he saith shall come to pass, he will have whatsoever he says. Now, we've established the fact that the faith we have is God's faith. Is that right? But notice, whoever, can you say whoever? Whoever. whoever. One more time. Whoever. whoever. Notice, whoever has, whoever has this faith, must say. And they must say specifically. Is that right? He didn't say. He can just say randomly. He said he must say to this mountain. What to the mountain? Be removed and be cast into the sea. Tell it to go and where to go. Is that right? Whoever with this faith must say. Faith works on specifics, not generalities. I, I was reading through this book, and, and some of the stories I told came back to me. I've, I've prayed for people before, and they would come up in the prayer line. I had a person standing here in the prayer line. And they said, uh, I said, what do you need prayer for? And they said, well, I, I just have this issue in my body. And I said, well, have you been to the doctor? And here's what they said. No, I don't want to get a bad report. Well, see, they thought that faith wouldn't work if they got a bad report. Well, see, faith's not working in them already, I can tell you, because fear's working. They're afraid to go to the doctor. If you're afraid to go to the doctor, your faith's not working. 
Well, what if they tell me it's cancer? Well, what if they do? Can God not heal cancer? That was weak on a Sunday morning. He can. Kevin, can he heal cancer? Can he? Hallelujah. Y'all know what what Kevin and and Carol stood through? And here he is today, free. I I got a report from Bonnie Groninger the other day, cancer-free. No cancer in her body. Did we have to stand? Yes, we had to stand. Were there things we had to do? Yes, but what won out? The faith of God. It will always win out. It cannot stand up. The circumstance you're under cannot stand up under the weight of the faith that God has given you. Cannot. 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 Amen. Amen. Do do, do you see this? It works on specifics, not generalities. Well, Lord, just bless me. Nothing's coming. Nothing's coming. Why? Because that's not how God works. That's not how faith works. Right? That's why you've you've got to take that situation, that thing in hand, and you've got to talk to it. Oh, hallelujah. So, do you see that? Faith works on specifics, not generalities. Number two, notice, he said, and shall not doubt in his heart. So whoever with this faith must not doubt in their heart. Now that seems elementary, but here's the problem. You can learn faith principles and never get faith in your heart. You can know that a faith principle is that you will have what you say. Right? But notice what he said. Whosoever will say to this mountain, be removed, be cast in the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart. So there's a, there's a disconnect between just saying and receiving. Because I can say it, but if I don't believe it, if I don't believe what I say, I won't receive what I say. Is that right? Must not doubt in his heart. Must not doubt in his heart. Must not doubt what? What they have said. If you tell the mountain to be removed, you must not doubt in your heart about what you said. Because the faith of God is operative by what you say. And if you doubt what you say, you short-circuit the faith of God. Hallelujah. Do you see that? Many say and doubt in their heart and then claim that faith failed. Well, God didn't do what He said. No, that's a lie. You don't know that person. Because he put it right here, and, and, and he said, you got to believe what you said. You know it's possible to say something and not believe it? Isn't that right? If When you see people that are saying what they believe, what they're saying is happening. Because they're saying what they believe. Amen. Like me and Rusty, we always win. Even in the face of defeat, right, Dave? We, we always win. Hallelujah. Now, now I'm saying that because Dave, Dave, Dave and, and Pastor Ron beat us at horseshoes yesterday. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Horseshoes. It's not a faith game. I. <laughs> Actually, I was having to dodge because Amy was throwing on the same side. I not really. That's a that's a fib. But hallelujah, she throws hard. Boy, it hit that backstop. Pop! And you're like, whoa, Rusty better walk on his tiptoes. 
I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm playing. But, but my point is, if you don't believe what you're saying, right, you, you can have a person that will say, I'm out of debt. My needs are met. Thank you, Father. And nothing happened because they don't believe what they're saying. Notice Jesus put the emphasis on you have to believe what you say. Hallelujah. Do you see that? Then he said, whoever has this faith must believe. Shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe. And then notice, that those things which God has said, what? Somebody caught it. No, what's it say? Whatever he, right, shall believe that those things that he says. Where's the emphasis? What you say. What do you, what do you believe about what you say? Now, we'll get deeper into this. You can't, well, let me, let, let me not get off track here. <clears throat> and then believe what? Whoever has this faith must believe that what they say will come to pass. What they say. What I say comes to pass. And then he, he noticed he said, they must not doubt in their heart. Well, doubt there means simply to separate. It's what the word means, to separate. The person who doubts becomes separated from what they said. Well, I'm the healed of the Lord. I'm a cancer-free zone. Whatever it may be. Then for that person, maybe a symptom shows up. Well, I thought I was healed. Right there, they just became separated from what they said. Amen. I don't want to be separated. What you Charles Caps would say it this way: What you say, let it stay said. If you said it, don't change it. Years ago, early '80s, I heard him preach a message. I believe it was him called "Confession Brings Possession." All right? Confession means to say the same thing. Saying the same thing brings possession. When do you say the same thing? All the time. If, if you're saying you're healed, if you see something different, it doesn't change what you say. You say the same thing. Because you don't become separated from what you said. Notice, the context is doubting in your heart is doubting what you said. The context here is not doubting God. It's doubting what you said. He, he says nothing in these verses about you doubting God. Everything he says is about you believing in your heart and not doubting in your heart that what you said would come to pass. I've heard people say, well, you know, the Bible says faith will move a mountain. No, it doesn't. does not. Read that again. didn't say faith would move a mountain. It said your words move the mountain. But people sing songs, faith in God can move a mighty mountain. That's not what the Bible says. It says you have the faith of God that God gave you, that came from His Word, and because you have that, if you will believe in your heart and not doubt that what you say will come to pass, you'll have whatever you say. Amen. That word believe, it means to think to be true, to be persuaded of. I like this, to place confidence in, to think to be true, to be persuaded of, to place confidence in. Hallelujah. 
I have to believe that what I said was true. Now, see, there's the fight. Because the enemy fights that. The enemy, the enemy fights you believing what you said according to the Word of God. Well, if you were healed, you would feel better. If you were blessed, you would have more. Right? But see, what did you say? Well, I said I was healed. Stay with that. Right? The devil doesn't understand faith, but he understands if he can get you to disbelieve what you said. Right? Well, if you were truly blessed, if you were truly prosperous, you would have more of this or more of that. You'd be driving a better car. You'd be living in a better house. Well, but what'd you say? I said, I'm blessed going in and coming out. I said, all my needs are met according to his riches in glory. I said that because Jesus became poor, he did it so I could be rich. And I'm abundantly supplied, completely filled, rich, rich, rich. Don't doubt that. Don't doubt that. Hallelujah. I say, don't doubt that. Now, now let's read this again because I I want you to see what we're saying. It said that you cannot doubt in your heart, but you have to believe that the things that you say will come to pass. And what will be the result? You will have what you said. Is that right? But now, do you see this? This, uh, many believers have no confidence. See, I have to be persuaded that what I said will come to pass. If you said it, it's settled. There's a law that went into motion. I think we'll deal with that tonight. There's a law that went into motion. And then I have to put my confidence in, I said it. People say, well, you put your confidence in God. I put my confidence in the Word where God said I would have what I say. Uh, Many believers have no confidence that what they say negatively will come to pass. So it's impossible for them to believe that what they say positively will come to pass. Because he said, you would have whatever you say. It's a law of faith. That's the law that governs the operation of faith. I will have what I say. Charles Capps would say the law of faith, the law of confession works negatively. He said it would work for the devil too. Because of the force of faith. Hallelujah. Now, you know better than this, but, you know, there are people that will talk about how broke they are and talk about how bad off they are and how nothing's working right and they can't make ends meet. And then they'll go to God and say, oh, Lord, bless me. Lord, help us. Help us make ends meet. And then five minutes later, they they are saying, we can't make it. They want what God promised to override what they're saying. And God's promises will not override what you say. Hallelujah. That's why a lot will say, well, I I will have what God said about me. Not if you don't believe that you'll have what you say. I can't have what God said if I don't believe what I said. How long, now now think about this, how long has Romans uh, 5.21 been in the Bible? You know, he, he became sin for us that knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in Christ. Who in here has been saved, oh, I don't know, 30, 40 years? Anybody? Raise your hand if you've been saved 30, 40 years. All right, I, I got my hand up. Well, well, think about this. Those of you that have your hand up 30, 40 years, you've been saved. Were you ever in a service where they told you you were just a sinner saved by grace? Were you? Anybody nod your head? 
But was that verse in the Bible? No, no, what I'm saying, that verse, that you're the righteousness of God, was it already, was it in the Bible? But they were saying you were a sinner. What did you believe? That you were a sinner. Saved by grace. So you struggled in your walk with God because you would say, I'm just a sinner saved by grace. Yet God said you're the righteousness of God in Christ. But what were you getting? What you said. You weren't getting what God said. You're getting what you said. Those of you that raised your hands, were, 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 was there any time in the church where they led you to believe that God had some purpose in sickness? Anybody? They did, right? But doesn't Isaiah 53 say that vicariously Jesus bore our sicknesses and carried our diseases? Doesn't Matthew 8, 17 and 18 say that he did this so it could be fulfilled what was spoken by Isaiah the prophet that he carried our sicknesses and bore our diseases? Anytime the Bible says our, it was what he did vicariously. The word vicariously means in in the place of or as a substitute. So the whole time they were saying that God has a purpose in sickness, God was was saying, I already took care of it. But there are people you know and I know that died sick in those churches saying it was God's will for them to have that. When God said it wasn't my will, what God says is not going to come to pass if I don't say it. Because it's God's faith given to me to operate. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory, glory. You have to say what God said in order to see what God said. Which means you have to believe what you say will come to pass. Amen. Amen. See, I believe what I say. Let me tell you this way, and, and I mean this very nice. I don't believe what you say. I believe what I say. I've had people come to me and say, well, Pastor, you know, this is what you got to do. Uh-uh, no. No, it's not. I have to do what I say. Amen. See, what you say about your family is what's going to happen. Not what they say. Right? Remember in, in, in Matthew Jesus is is sitting there in the coast of Caesarea Philippi and he goes to the disciples and he says, who do men say I am? And what they say? Some say John the Baptist, some say Elisha, Jeremiah, one of the prophets. Then what did he say? Who do you say? Who am I to you? It's what you say. Is Jesus anybody's Lord who hasn't said he's their Lord? No. If you haven't confessed him as your Lord, he's not. Yeah, but he already paid for sins, past, present, and future. He sure did. And he put the faith for you to believe that in your heart when the Holy Spirit convicted you, but you still had to say something. You had to confess him as your Lord. Oh, hallelujah. Well, you know, that, that's just putting all the pressure on me. Mm-mm. Not putting the pressure on you, putting the responsibility on you. No pressure. Why is there no pressure? Because he said, I'd have what I say. Now, now go back. Let's, let's, let's reverse. Can't God lie? Can he lie? Then how much pressure is there in this? If he said, you'll have what you say, and he can't lie. Yeah, but there's, there's pressure in the stand of faith, but the pressure's on your faith. The pressure's on the Word, not on you. You're, you're just the believing party. I believe that what I say will come to pass. <laughs> Amen. You, you understand? Now, notice this. He will have... Whatever he says. What you say is evidence of what you have faith in. What you say is what you're confident of. What you say is what you're persuaded of. 
right? You, you can take it very elementary. Somebody will stand in the mirror and look at themselves and go, boy, I look old. You believe that. Why? Because you said it. Oh, but pastor, those things don't matter. Other than old things dry up and die. Wait a minute. Is there one scripture that tells you that you're supposed to talk about how old you are? Or does it say that your youth is renewed as the eagles? It says they that are planted in the house of the Lord will be fat and flourishing. They will still bring forth fruit in their old age. Is that what it says? So instead of standing in front of the mirror and saying, boy, I look old. Boy, I'm fat and flourishing. My youth is renewed as the eagle. Amen. Is, is that right? Because what do you do if you keep saying you're old? You start expecting to be old. You start expecting to have problems. You start, right? Is that right? And you know what people say? Well, what do you expect at my age? I don't know. I know a guy that had a baby when he was 100. You don't know him? It's your father. His name's Abraham. <laughs> your mother in the faith had a, <laughs> had a baby when she was 90. Here, here's the question. What did God change about them? what they were saying. Is that right? What's the first, one of the first things God cleaned up when you got saved? Your mouth. Now, aren't you glad? Amen. Oh, hallelujah. Isn't that right? This is so important. If, if you want to believe that you're healed when you say you're healed, you have to believe that you'll be sick if you say you're sick. Amen. You can't believe that you'll get healing and not believe you won't get sickness. Remember what I said back when this pandemic hit? I, I stood right here and I said, I don't mind telling you, I'll never have it. Now, I'm not, I'm, I'm not saying that about anybody else. I'm just saying, I decided I'm going to make my declaration from this is what I have said. You, you understand? Now, if there are people in here, you did. But look at you. You got what you said. You're healed. Is that right? You're well. You're whole. Well, pastor, did you get it? No. Well, did you go get checked? Why? Why go look for something that's not there? Amen. Well, didn't you want to be safe? Was I ever unsafe? I mean, I'm, I'm trying to get you to see something. I'm not telling you not to go to the doctor. I'm not telling you not to be vaxxed or to stay unvaxxed. That's, that's your business. That has nothing to do with your faith. A shot is not going to change your faith. The lack of a shot is not going to increase your faith. That's foolish. That's foolish. That kills people. But here's the point. Here's the point. What I said. What, what have we been saying ever since they started talking about shortage? What, have we, what did God tell us to say? I do not expect to be affected. So when you go and, there, and there's something not there, you just look at it and say, I don't expect to be affected. And to my knowledge, nobody in here has been affected. Amen. And you're not going to be. Amen. Why? Because you said so. Amen. Amen. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Or you can just be like the guy I ran into at the, at the gas pump. You ever seen a grown man cry? 
because of some gas? I'm serious. I pulled, I'm an affable person. You know I'm not overly affable, but I'm nice. And, and I got out of the car, and, and I walked around the back, back of my vehicle, and he was standing there. I said, hey, how you doing today? You know, having a good day? Oh, man. And, and it was like his eyes were watering up. And, you know, I'm thinking, did his dog die? Or, I mean, do I need to pray for him, cast out a devil? I said, well, you know, what's up? Oh, man, I'm only 11 gallons in, and I'm already at 60 bucks. Now, you know, I'm not making fun of him. But can you, can you, can you just imagine what he's saying? Do you think he's talking about how high the gas prices are? How hard it is to fill his car up? Dear God, they're killing the working man. Hey, hey, working man, working man, that's me. Right? I'm just a working man. What do you expect? I'm a working man. They're against the working man. And those words are standing up like soldiers. Every time he goes to the gas pump, they're there waiting on him. All right? Shameless plug for first words matter, last words stand. Right? That's the truth. You know, I didn't know what to say to that. He said, what would you do? Filled it up and rejoiced because there is no shortage. My God's arms, my God's hand is not short. Nothing worse than a God with short arms. And I have a God with long arms. Amen. What did he say? He said, I will satisfy you in the time of famine. Is that what he said? I said, is that what he said? So if he said that, what are you supposed to say? I'm satisfied in a time of famine. Amen. Job said, in famine, at famine, you will laugh. Right? Yeah, that's right. When they say this is going to happen, ha, 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 You can't stop what's coming on the world, but I can stop it from coming on me. Either that's the truth or God lied. And if God lied, let's all go party tonight and, 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 and turn to paint the town red because we have no hope. God can't lie. I said God can't lie. And you will not have shortage. You won't have shortage in your cabinet. You won't have shortage in your bank account. You won't have shortage in your fuel. You won't have shortage in your job. They're not going to lay you off. They're going to give you a raise. They're not going to lay you off. They're going to promote you. Glory to God. Why? Because I got God's faith coming out of my heart that was built by the Word of God in me. And I have what I say. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. My Lord, my Lord. It's Sunday morning and I got to dance. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you. Do, do, do you see that? When uh, some number of years ago, I may have shared this with you, but I'll share it again. Uh, of course, Pastor Michelle and I were dealing with some things in, in our family. You know, the Bible never says you won't have to deal with things. It tells you how to deal with them. Right? When you read a promise about your children, what's a promise? Something someone has said they will do. Or something that someone has said will happen for you. Now, you think about promise today. People say, oh, yeah, I promise. And then they don't do it. Because it doesn't mean what it used to mean. Right? I, I married y'all. Did I, mar I married you too, right? Y'all are married, right? I got a lot of people in here I married. I married Rusty and Amy and Ron and Deborah and Jeremy and what's your name? Sarah. <laughs> Steve and Marilyn. Praise God. But here, here's the thing. 
when 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 that when we stood in that venue, they made promises to each other. How would you make promises? Your words, right? You said, "I'll love you till I die." You said, "I'll love you till I die." Is that right? So, what's keeping you together? Those words. And as long as they don't ever go contrary to those words, is that is that right? That's why that's that's why in your marriage you don't want to be talking about leaving. How, how do you talk about leaving? What do you have to use to talk about leaving? Is that right? I want a divorce. What, how how'd you do that? Words. What, what are you going to have? What are you going to have? What you say. Are, are, are they going to have disagreements? Well, I, I hope not many. But you'll probably disagree about something, and, and then you can choose how you disagree. But here's the thing. What's going to bring them back to center? What we said. I disagree with you, but my love for you is stronger than my disagreement for you. Right? When I say, I say, I say, I love my wife as Christ loves the church, and I give myself for her. When I say that, what do I get? What I say. So what will I be doing? Loving my wife as Christ loves the church. And what? Giving myself for her. I've been counseling marriages a long time. And I can't tell you the times I've brought people in. And, and, and I would hear this. Well, I can't submit to him. I'll never submit to him. I wonder how many times they say that. Now, now, here's what I want you to understand. It's, it's, not about, it's not about trying to preach submission as much as it is. Is submission by both parties, is it important for marriage? Is it? it is, is marriage, uh, 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 both parties given 100%? It is, right? So, so I, there's times I'm going to have to submit to my wife's will because it's what needs to be done. There's times she's going to have to submit to my will. But if I'm always running around saying, I can't submit to him, I won't submit to him, what am I going to have? What I say. Amen. Oh, Pastor, you just don't live with the woman I live with. No, I don't live with the word she lives with. Anyway, I was talking about my child, right? <laughs> see, I, I need you to see this. That's why what we call just poking at one another, you know, playing, those are words. And you'll have what you say. Do you know that Marie Price's spirit does not know I'm joking? Do you see this? And when you poke and you poke fun and you say things and then you go, well, I didn't mean that, then why did you say it? Why would you ever say what you don't mean? Amen. Do you see that? That's, that's, that's not your wife. That's the love of your life. That's your best friend. That's your eternal partner, right? You, you, and and, and you got to talk that way. you got to speak those things. Oh, hallelujah. The Lord told me one time, he said, with every sweet word and every kind action, your love for your wife grows. Every sweet word. I was, I was watching her last night. She was preaching in the, at the Hispanic congregation, and I just flipped it over there on YouTube, and I just looked at her. I said, Lord, I love her. Lord, I just love her so much. Thank you for bringing her to me. Hallelujah. 
See, there was a song that said, love will keep us together. Mm -mm, Words will keep you together. Why is it when the light goes off at night, the last words out of your mouth should be, I love you? Is that right? Well, you know, Pastor, I just, okay, whatever. I'm, I'm telling you, I've been preaching the word of faith for over 30 years. I've been preaching it full-time in this church for 24 years. I'm telling you, I've never seen anybody that doesn't believe what they say will come to pass that has made it. Nobody. Nobody. I want that to be, and, and I'm just using marriage. So anyway, this child was, was messing up. And I went to the Lord about it. Because, you know, we know the promises of God. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, you'll be saved, and your household. Greater the peace of, great is the peace of your children. Uh, uh, I will contend with them that contend with you, and I'll save your children. We know that. So I went to the Lord. I said, Lord, am, am I missing it somewhere? Because, you know, this, this, this thing seems to be headed south. And uh, he, said, he said, no. He said, watch. He gave me something to say. Here's what you say every time you think about it. That child is following the plan of God for their life. I still say that. Haven't changed my mind. Because I have what I say. When Pastor Michelle and I were in the process of, of, uh, uh, of adoption for our daughter, the Lord gave me something to say. I taught about it in the, in the message step by step. The Lord, and, and I said, the first thing the Lord will do is give you something to say. And he took me to the scripture in the book of Proverbs where it says, the heart of the king is in the hand of the Lord and like the rivers of water are, he turns it whichever way he wants. And he said, this is what you say. And every morning I would get up and I would put the judge's name in that verse and I would declare, the heart of this judge is in the hand of the Lord. And he gave me other, but the thing, the point I'm making, he gave me something to say. And when people say, could say, well, that could be hard, I would say, Mm-mm, no, 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 no. He, he told me to say this, it's going to be simple and easy. And that's what I would say. There are people in the sound of my voice, you need to hear that right now because you're going to be going into legal issues, you're going to be going into certain situations, and you got to believe right now, it's going to be simple and easy. Yeah, but they're this or they're that. He didn't say that what they do will change what you said. Amen. 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 Doesn't change anything. What somebody does doesn't change what you said. When they say something in your mind, in your heart, you're thinking, I don't believe what you say. I believe what I say. Well, that can never happen. Mark eleven twenty three 23 cancels that out. You'll have whatever you say. Amen. Don't agree with that. Don't agree that it'll never happen. Well, I'll never have this. Okay, you're never going to have it. Oh, pastor, don't say that. It doesn't matter what I said. You said it. I'm just agreeing. <laughs> Am I helping you? Let me hurry. I got about eight minutes. We don't get the positive things we say and not the negative. We get whatever we say. That's one reason it's so important to be a truth speaker and to refuse to lie. Why? Liars don't believe what they say. Liars don't believe what they say. Hallelujah. That's why the Bible says liars won't prosper. It says the, the lying tongue is just for a moment, but the lip of truth will stand forever. Well, what does that mean? If you're speaking truth, you're going you're, you're gonna to stand. You're going to make it. Yeah, but they're, they're talking all these lies. Again, what they say is not what you get. What you say is what you get. When Pastor Michelle was, was, was working on getting our oldest children back, and you know her testimony, and a, a court date came, and she had done everything the judge told her to do, 
And, and it was my mother. Y'all met my mother. It was my mother and my wife that went to court that day. And when they walked in the courtroom, courthouse, and went down the hallway to where the courtroom was, the other side had brought person after person after person after person to witness against her. But the Lord had given her a word, and it's very familiar, very elementary. No weapon formed against me will prosper. And every tongue that shall rise up against me in judgment, I will condemn. That's what she stood on. They had, they had all these people, and when they went into court, the, 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 the uh, prosecuting side said, Your Honor, we have all these people that are prepared to testify against her. He said, he said the judge, I don't remember if it was a man or a woman, they said, wait a minute, wait a minute. They, 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 they looked over here to the person that was in charge of her case, and they said, uh, uh, has she paid all her fines? Yes, sir. Uh, does she have her license back? Yes, sir. Uh, has she went to all the substance abuse classes? Yes, sir. And he went down the line. And then he looked at the other side and he said, I don't need to hear anything from you. Give her her children back. Amen. That was it. That was it. They never even got to talk. And she didn't have to say anything. But she got what she said. Isn't this great? That's why it's important to say exactly what you mean. No more, I'll try. I'll do my best. I don't know, we'll see. What what do you mean? What does I'll try mean? If you mean I'll try. In other words, I got something going on. I, I was talking to Brother Dave today in, in the office. And, and he was talking to me about the six days of faith. And he said, there's some days there that, that I've got to do extra work and whatnot, some different things. And he said, I'm going to do my best to be here. Well, what's he mean? If I can get done with work, I'll be here. But he's not just using that flippantly like a lot of people do. I'm going to do my best. And what they really mean, I'm not even going to try. But because I want you to think, See, then you become comfortable with not believing that what you say will come to pass. No, it's coming to pass. Amen. I used to know a couple that, 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 that uh, in my family, I knew a couple that would always joke with each other, and, and they called it joking. They killed their marriage is what they did because they'd always talk about how, how much easier it was when they were single. And then they'd laugh, ha, 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 wasn't funny. It was driving a wedge. Amen. It was driving a wedge. If you're married in here, you were not happier before you were single. <laughs> you better say amen. <laughs> Rebuke those divorce devils in Jesus' name. Right? Why? Because the Bible says when a man has found a wife, he has found a good thing. Mm. See, if you're married, look at your wife and say, honey, you're my good thing. Not my wild thing, my good thing. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> so let me finish up. I got two more points here. Say exactly what you mean and your faith will be more effective. Just say what you mean. For instance, if, if, if somebody comes up to you and says, hey, you know, brother, you're going to be here Monday night? If, if you're not going to be here, just say no. There's no shame. There's no guilt. Just say no. You don't have to have a reason. I have days, I have, I, I, I have been working on this diligently. I have a day in my week that I don't do anything for anybody. It's my rest day. I don't have to have an excuse. Hey, Pastor, I'd like to do this today. Mm, no, not available. 
And then they're waiting on you to tell them why. Don't have to. I don't have to tell you why. My, my, point, my point that I'm trying to make is, is don't get over there and use your words to hurt yourself. Oh, I can't. You just lied. If you can and you say you can't, you lied. Just say no. If you want to tell them why, tell them. If you just don't, just don't. But don't use your words to hurt yourself. Amen. Hallelujah. Oh, the older I get, the harder it gets to get out of this chair. Mm-hmm. Jesus' faith works so well because he never used crooked speech. And I'll end with this. When we say what we mean, we'll receive what we want. God has bound himself to give you what you say. But you have to believe what you say. That's, hmm. Amen. You know, I'll close with this. I knew a guy in, uh, actually in Arkansas. And uh, he got to thinking wrong and saying wrong. And what he started talking about was how depressed he was. Now, I'm not running down depression. It's a real thing. I'm not, that's not what I'm saying. I want you to understand something. He went through some challenges, and he came under an assault, and he started talking about how depressed he was, how depressed he was, how depressed he was. He started talking about how he didn't want to live. He didn't want this. He didn't want that. I remember the day he came to church, and he came in the foyer, and I came out of the, the hallway, and he, he just met me with this, this tension in him, and he said, Pastor, listen to this, and he just started speaking in tongues. I said, okay. And he said, was that the Holy Ghost? I said, yeah, that was the Holy Ghost. I mean, bore witness with my spirit. Now, my point I'm telling you is this. He had talked so much about his sadness, his depression, how he felt like he was separated from God. He didn't feel like he was close to God anymore. He had talked so much about that that, that he had convinced himself that he was separated from God. And what he had wasn't the Holy Ghost. He was months recovering from that. Now, thank God he recovered. But he had to change what he was saying. If you get up in the morning and it seems like everything's against you, you open your mouth and you say, praise God, everything is going my way. Amen. Amen. Isn't that great? Stand up with me today, would you? Thank you for being here. Let's say some things before we go home. Say it out loud. Say, this year, this year is, the year is the best year of my life, of my life. Up, until this point. up until this point. For the rest of 2022, rest of 2022. I, will prosper, I will prosper and I will be in hell. I will, in hell. I will have more than enough. Have more than my enough. family will have more than enough. Have more than I'll live sickness free. Lack free, I'll live depression free, I'll live full of joy, full of peace, full of the goodness of God. And my marriage, and my home, and my family will be happier, more solid, more strong than they've ever been. In Jesus' name, amen.